Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we help you break down the art and science of storytelling. My name is Rain Bennett. I am your host, and my job is to help you deepen your connections, increase your sales, and serve your audiences better. Every Monday morning, I send out a storytelling tip to my email subscribers, and I talk about how I have used it in my own storytelling for my clients and for myself, and I leave you with tangible advice on how you can apply it to your strategies. If this sounds like something that would interest you, go ahead and sign up for the newsletter at rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. Again, that's rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. This podcast is a Six Second Stories production. Six Second Stories is a video marketing agency that helps you tell heartfelt stories to maximize your impact in minimal time. Find out more about what we do at SixSecondStories.com. Special announcement, storytellers, I have launched my first online course. I've been waiting a long time. I've been so excited to do this. It is called Uncover the Story to Launch Your Personal Brand. Now, that last word, that last concept, personal brand, is one that I fought against. I resisted folks for a long, long time. And hey, flash forward, guess what? When I leaned into it, when I embraced it, when I cultivated a personal brand, the story that I tell others things started to unlock in whole new ways for me. I was able to build a business just off of who I was as a person. Instead of starting from scratch every time I started a brand new project and then bouncing and spinning around from project to project, the core of my business is me. And everything else is extended from that core. So if I want to be Rain Bennett, the podcaster, Rain Bennett, the author, Rain Bennett, the online course instructor, the storytelling coach, the keynote speaker, the filmmaker, they're all coming back to that same core personal brand. This is what I'm helping people do. I started coaching when the pandemic hit because all my speaking gigs stopped and it has impacted my life and I think it's impacted others' lives in such a such a magnificent way, an unexpected way for me. Yes, I consulted with businesses and organizations, but I found the most profound impact by helping other people who had thoughts in the back of their head that they could do great things and serve people and make an impact on the world, but they just weren't sure how to access that thing within them. I helped them do that through finding their story. That has been so fulfilling for me, and I want to help you do that too. The thing is, not everybody can afford the over $1,000 of cost in the coaching package to do that. So I created a 14-lesson course 
that has all of the things and more that those coaching packages have, including a community of other storytellers so that you can share your experiences with and you can learn from them as well. All of this for $149. We will put the link to the course in the show notes. We are hosting the course on thinkific.com and it's called the Rain Bennett Storytelling School and you can always find out information at rainbennett.com. What's up, storytellers? Welcome back to the Storytelling Lab. My name is Rain Bennett. I am your host. This is episode 108, 108. We are chugging along with season seven. I'm really enjoying the content that we're talking about this season because, one, it pertains to my upcoming book, which is available for pre-order on November 2nd and then available fully in its release on November 23rd, just in time for Thanksgiving And what we're really talking about, you all know, if you listen to the show, you know storytelling is a path for personal development, but it's also a path for professional development to be used in business. This book, Six Second Stories, How to Maximize Your Impact in Minimal Time with Video Storytelling, is a business book, but it can also be, it's also a life book. It's also a self-development, personal development book, mainly to be used in your business, but that doesn't mean it has to be in your company, it can be your nonprofit, it can be in your side hustle, it can be in your rise to influencer status, your solopreneur ventures, any of this sort of thing. The thing is, there's no longer this separation, in my opinion, of like having a job and then having your normal life. There, I mean, of course there is, but I see that the two worlds are merging because people are more than ever following their dreams and chasing their passions. It could look like a side hustle on nights and weekends and you still have your day job to cover the bills, you know, or it could be like me where you just can't work in a corporate space and you, you work for yourself for your, you know, your whole life, your whole career. Either way, I'm seeing that that merger and that line between personal and professional life is is blurred. There used to be a very distinct uh, uh, line there that separated the two. You know, it's not it's not you know, it's not personal. It's just business. That's the old saying, right? When it's like, well, how could it not be personal? I, I'm a person, and people's personal values are brought into the workspace a lot more. Like times, the times they are a changing, folks. So I'm excited about this book because it's a business book and can help people on their path to to achieve their missions and live out their purposes, but it's also one that can be applied to their lives. Specifically the people it targets, it might be mostly mostly you all listening to this show. This it's it's I don't want to say the underdogs that has kind of a weird connotation to it, but like beginners novices, even up to intermediates. It's not the people who have big teams and big budgets. It's the people who are overworked and uh, uh, and, and overwhelmed and under-resourced, right? It's the, it's the one-person marketing teams. It's, the, it's the, the solopreneurs and entrepreneurs. It's the small to medium businesses and the small to medium nonprofits. It's anybody that feels like they have the world stacked against them and they're having to carry all the way up the mountain themselves and wear all these different hats to try to communicate their messages to people. I'm trying to help people tell great stories with video that connect with their audience in a deep, impactful way. And that's what this book is about. Uh, for those that follow along in my personal life, I've mentioned this. Uh, this is a very weird time for me. Uh, I lost my brother, who I was very, very close to just a couple of weeks ago, and that's been make make the book uh, publishing, self-publishing process uh, very challenging, along with everything else that I have going on. I have a TEDx talk coming up, which I'm very excited about. But I have a lot of other work and speeches and eulogies that I'm that I'm having to write. And it's just it's been a tough, tough time. And because of all the work that I have going on, I feel like I really haven't had the chance to to really process it, to be honest. And so I'm just trying to, to, to move forward as best I can and take the time that I need, which will it'll be a forever process. But the thing is, it reinforces what I stand for and the work that I do so much. I believe so wholeheartedly that sharing stories is a path forward for all of us, whether personally or professionally. And that is only confirmed by the stuff that I'm going through right now. And if you've reached out or you've been a part of that journey, or even if you're just hearing about that, hey, I just want to send you some love. This show is all about being vulnerable and connecting with ourselves and connecting with our people, our communities, 
and that is what I will continue to do. Today, my guest is someone who really gets that and really embodies that. This connection came uh, from LinkedIn to from rather a listener of the show. I got a tag, you know, I saw a notification that I had been tagged in a LinkedIn conversation of someone who was shouting out me and the Storytelling Lab podcast. How cool is that? So her name is Joy Spencer, and I saw that she had a podcast too called Reframe to Create, and she was a storytelling coach, and she was in the storytelling space, and I was like, oh, cool. You know, I sent her a message. Hey, you know, thanks for the shout out. Let's 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 link up. Let's talk. We just set up a time to to chat and get to know each other a little bit better. And I realized that she really, like I said, embodied already, but I'll say it again, embodies this intersection of personal or personal brand and professional, you know, professional job, day job, and, and incorporating the things and the values that she stands for and bringing them to her workplace to make them share those values. And so she works for Navy Federal Credit Union, and she's a part of a storytelling series that they have there. They use, they use storytelling internally with their employees. She doesn't do the outward storytelling like the, like the commercials. That's, you know, a whole different marketing team that hires video production companies like mine, Six Second Stories, <laughs> um, to create those outward marketing messages. She, she's, she's in organizational development, and she uses storytelling internally to help create a strong collaborative workspace and community with employees, encourage leadership skills, and, and, and encourage the company as well as the employees to share their experiences and share their values with one another through stories. And it's been so powerful and so transformative for them. And I wish that other big companies or organizations like Navy Federal Credit Union would employ this tactic. This is exactly what I've been preaching for years. How to use story, the, the, the myriad of ways you can use stories in your business to be more effective at achieving your goal and your purpose and your mission in business, in life. This is an amazing conversation and I'm just so, I'm so excited that I've had someone that really is a living, breathing example of what I try to encourage companies and organizations to do. So here is my conversation with Joy Spencer and I hope that it helps you. Let's get into it. I want to know more about I mean, you and I share a lot of values, it seems, and understand and appreciate the power of stories, storytelling. What I think is so cool about you and what you do, and we could talk about a lot of different components, a lot of different aspects of storytelling, but I just think it's so cool when you when we talked initially and you told me about basically bringing that strategy or bringing that program to Navy Federal Credit Union. I want to learn more about that because one, I think that's admirable and commendable that you could get a big, you know, company to, 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 uh, shift. Right. I mean, cause that's not easy. My business, I can shift every day, right? We can change our minds every, every day, every week we can pivot, but for a bigger organization, that's not easy. And for someone to pitch like, Hey, we should be doing this thing called storytelling. Like I could just see a lot of resistance, typically or conventionally in business, where did that start from? Like, give me the backstory on all of that. Like, I want to know what made you, what were you doing at first initially with them? And what made you be like, nah, this is what we're going to do. So it was purely accidental. And I think I have to give a lot of credit to my former boss. She's moved on now. Mm -hmm. So there was this video series that actually already existed when I joined the team and it was called Storytellers and its approach was different from what I sort of shifted things to be and where it is now. So it was topic-based. So some of the topics that were focused, it was focused on leaders. So leaders were talking about things like change or things like engagement or, you know, these large scale topics that organizations care about, but it's very much about the the function of the organizations and then things that make the organization more effective and efficient, sort of more in the realm of what my official title is, which is organizational development work. And so once I got on and started working on it, the, the 
very early, the premise was, okay, let's, let's start getting stories from leaders. So that's sort of the, that was sort of like the, the mandate. Let's, you know, hear some stories from leaders, specifically their leadership stories. And so some of those early episodes were about really set in the context of the organization, sort of leaders sharing stories, sort of like, you know, the time I had this project or the, the, you know, very much the time this or other thing happened and then connecting it, it was all very connected to the organization, of course. And then over time, through conversations and coaching them, because I am a, I am a coach, I started pulling out and moving more towards personal stories and then on the back end, making the connection to, well, how has this influenced you? What does this make you, how has this made you think about what it is to be a leader and who you are and how you're showing up? So the interesting thing about how we ended up where we are now, where it's becoming something that's shifting the culture, where it's it's a, a space where people are sharing more and more personal stories. And like in the comments, people feel a sense of connection and belonging in a much more personal way than before was me taking something that I think existed and was there and, and really infused, making it truly personal storytelling. Because I think that organizations haven't, I, I don't think organizations are averse to storytelling. I think that, I think that there is a conceptually organizations understand this is a powerful tool. There's a lot of research. There's a lot of this written out about like, you know, storytelling, but it's, yep. it's very much in that mindset of, storytelling as a marketing tool, storytelling as a change management tool, storytelling for influence. But to, to have a space where it's more than just that, that, it, that sometimes the organization might not always know, okay, well, well, how are we benefiting from this particular story? But that it truly is for the people who are sharing the story and hearing and listening it, and you're creating a human space. I think, I think that's, a, that's a different sort of step and leap. And and that I think came about that that come and can come about not by necessarily convincing people, but showing and just and just doing it. So I just mm -hmm. I just did it. And it was sort of like the proof was was it the proof of the pudding is in the eating. It was just something <laughs> that was just like it was like, oh, well, OK, this is the direction we're going. Oh, oh, it's having this impact. Oh, this is actually pretty good. And yeah, OK, keep on and keep going. So that was really the experience and how this this happened it wasn't this grand idea or plan that I had right from the beginning but it was very much this process of creating as I went along following my instincts with things and just trying it out and and really truly just being authentic to who I was as a person and increasingly so because I was just like you know what this is boring to me like I don't really care about this I really care about the person who's in front of me let me authentically work on drawing out a story that is truly about the connection that we're having right now in this conversation and trust that the other human beings on the other side, even though we're in a work context, are going to care about this and connect with it and resonate. That initial video series, the storytellers, who's the audience for that? So it was the audience is the same still. So it goes out to the entire organization. But it's all so internal. Yes, it's all internal. So we have a, there's a completely separate team um, a group of people, companies that the organization hires to do like commercials. So like sure. the, the commercials that people see on TV, I have nothing to do with that. Like <laughs> that's a, that's a whole, I, I think that's even like an external company, but this is very much an internal project as well as some of the other internal stuff that we have. We also have an internal Ted talk style video series, which is also similar that it's designed to you um, help our leaders to use their storytelling skills as well as their presentation skills and, and really be that culture building and culture advancing tool that the way that stories um, and presentations have that unique way of being and doing. Well, so, that, that's why I was so excited to talk to you because, and we may have mentioned this, or at least I thought about this in my head is often, and a lot of the people listening will, will understand this often when, we talk about storytelling, brand storytelling, storytelling in business. It's most often, I would argue, referring to external messaging, right? The story we tell about our companies or commercials, right? Like you mentioned, marketing tools. But there is external marketing and there is internal marketing. And uh, I love that you are using it 
for team building, for inspiration, for leadership, for growth, for community and connection, like all of these things that we know stories can do. And it just shows and proves that it's not just limited to this, like, let's tell our brand story or our success stories and like, leave it at that. You can use stories in so many different ways, the, the, the power of them. And so I just, I think that your story, your example here is such a good, uh, a, a, a good thing for people listening to, to study because Again, I think we all, we all, it's not a mistake, but I just think all, I think we all jumped to that conclusion, like storytelling just means this way. And it can definitely mean this way. And more importantly, bringing people together. Yeah. And it's definitely, I think, a testament to Navy Federal because Navy Federal is very much committed to its culture and, and knows that its culture is its secret sauce. Its people is its secret sauce. So I think that that makes it an organization that is more, that gets it faster, that storytelling is not just about what we're, like you said, and what we talked about, it's not just about external, it's not just about messaging and marketing, but how can we use storytelling to continue to build, maintain, advance our mm -hmm. culture, support our people, build that sense of connection and inclusion, you know, diversity and inclusion is a conversation that is, you know, around, going on around in a lot of organizations, how can storytelling be a part of that? So I think organizations that get it already, how important culture is and how important people are, will be able to get much more easily why storytelling internally is just as important, maybe even more important than mm -hmm. thinking about it just from the external point. Because you always have to start with why, who you are, why you're doing what you're doing, and really have a clear sense of who you are. And storytelling is a great way to unearth that, bring that to the surface, as well as, you know, opportunity for growth beyond where it is that you are right now. So you said this great thing about, well, you're giving, you know, you're giving, giving credit to the Navy Federal for, under, you know, for understanding the importance of culture within the company. And you said that culture really, their culture is their people. It comes back to people. And I think I totally agree. Any, any culture comes, comes from people, right? If, if we think of culture, that's art or music, the art and music is, are coming from the people. Right. So I'm curious when the evolution of the video series, storytellers uh, transition from topic based to personal stories, bringing it back to people, right? We're talking, we, this is already coming up multiple times, people, humans, what were the noticeable differences when that shift happened between being very topic-based and talking about the leadership versus telling personal stories? I think engagement, definitely. The yeah. uh, higher level of engagement, you know, views, but definitely comments, but not just comments, but the type of comments. So especially in more recent episodes that have come out, what I've noticed is because the, the stories to the degree in which the stories were interesting facts, tidbits, intellectual, you know, people like, thank you for sharing this very important, you know, knowledge or this nugget or this wisdom. This was, you know, this was great. I, I learned a lot. And as the stories are more personal and people really sharing truly deeply personal life experiences and journeys and things that they've been through, and then still on the back end, reflecting on what they learned from it, but not just what they learned from it and how it impacts them as a leader, but what they learn from it and how it impacts them as a person, as a human being, the response, the responses are at that level. People are sharing more personal comments in the comment section about, so, so if I give an example, one of the more recent episodes was a leader who shared about how his, from an early age, his mother was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, went on to share about what impact and what he learned about resilience from his mother. And what he hopes that that how that how he hopes that has informed his leadership and how he shows up. The comments were so personal. People shared about how they also either they had multiple sclerosis or they knew someone who did. People talked about losing parents. Talked about family members who had Alzheimer's. So it just brought this 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 sense of community and safety of like oh this is a a safe space to talk about my own personal challenges that I've also had and and it wasn't about at the end of it, oh, you know, how does this make us 
better leaders because not everybody viewing this goes out to the whole organization. So not everybody viewing it is a leader, even though the stories are primarily coming from leaders. But it was just a very human experience and moment for all of us to have as human beings. And that was, I mean, they're all really inspiring to me, but that's just something that I've viewed and I've observed mm-hmm. over time that as they get more personal and focus really on um, what challenges people have and how they've overcome them and not these, you know, triumphal stories of like, you know, things weren't so bad and then they got better and it was great <laughs> and everything is fantastic. Like nobody wants to hear that. Like right. nobody cares about that. But like, how have you struggled? How have you, what pain have you had in life and how have you overcome that? Or how are you still struggling and overcoming that? That is so human. And that is, I think, the fastest and easiest way to really make a connection with another person, another human being. And I think everything flows from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I definitely think that that vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Like if you get up there and share your soul, you know, in a story, people are inclined to do that in return. You had mentioned because they feel like they or it makes them feel like it's a safe space. Can we dig into that a little bit more? Like, what do you think is really happening? Or can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Like, because I I think you can't really argue the fact like if I put myself out there and say like, hey, I have multiple sclerosis. I think there is no argument that it will encourage other people to share things. Is that only because they feel like, okay, it's safe, like this person did it? What's psychologically, what do you think is going on there that, that it inspires other people to share things they are reluctant to share? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's it's the vulnerability and the cur- and courage. So yeah. what what they're seeing, and I always tell people this because I, I work with a lot of our leaders, you know, coaching them, helping them to craft their stories. And sometimes we have some very personal conversations. Yeah. And people are sometimes reticent to share. They're like, oh, I don't know if I want to share this. And I often say, no, nobody's thinking about you. I'm sorry. I know you are, (laughs) you and I are, you and I are having this very deep moment and yes. And I honor the story that you're telling me, but once you definitely get out there and you're sharing, they're hearing you, but they're not really hearing you. They're they're, Your vulnerability is helping them to not necessarily, you're feeling vulnerable, but I think what they're receiving is courage. Right. So you're you're in in your moment of vulnerability and being open and being willing to share that they're they're getting that boost of like, oh, wow, I can also be brave. I can also be courageous because you're modeling that you're experiencing all this vulnerability, but they're seeing the courage to share. And I think that that is what makes it easy for them to be like, oh, I'm going to share because they're not they're not necessarily feeling as much vulnerability as you're feeling in that moment. They're, Mm -hmm. they're getting the courage. You're boosting up their courage feel. So that's why people can feel like, Oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to share. You've done the hard work. You've done the hard work, you know, sweating, you know, and and crying before you get up there on the stage. But once you, once you get up there, yes, you're, you feel vulnerable. They can feel your vulnerability, 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 but you're transmitting courage onto them. And I think that's what opens people up to, to share in those moments. It has to be, and you alluded to this, of people being reticent to, to, to share. I feel like with leaders, leaders of big business, that's probably a, a major problem, I would guess. How do, how do you help people navigate that? If they're in a role, like, I can just imagine it, you know, CEO, any C-level person, any person with any authority, doesn't want to seem like they don't have it together and they don't know what they're doing, right? And when you share uh, your bumps and bruises, we'll call them, some people may feel like, hey, I'm, I don't want to share that because I'm supposed to look like I have my, my stuff together, right? I'm leading this team. So one, like how, how hard is that in leadership specifically, leading business, right? You know, entrepreneur, C-level, C, C-suite level person, how hard is that for, for that type of person typically? And how do they work around that? I think it all comes back to personal relationships and rapport. I know that I've worked with a lot of leaders who starting out, they, you know, they, for whatever reason, they, they end up in my zoom room or office or where, wherever we're talking and we're about to embark on this journey 
mm-hmm. and to, for them to dig into this, this personal story. And they've already done some work. Mm-hmm. They, they know it's a good idea. Maybe they've seen previous episodes. They know it's good for other people. They, they have an intellectual sense that this is, this is a good thing, but they're not, they're still not so sure. And I think that there's, there's a lot that happens in the conversation that we have. There's a lot that happens in the relationship that we build and the conversations where they sort of test it out with me in, okay. in the sense of I'm sort of like the, 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 the first version of it yeah, where yeah. they're sharing these things and we're having these conversations and, you know, we're, we're processing through and, and I'm sharing and sharing back to them what I'm hearing, how it's resonating with me, how it's impacting me and letting them know that this is powerful. This is going to have an impact because they, they want to, they care about impact. They don't want to just, you know, spill their guts and, and it, you know, not be of benefit to anyone who, who hears it. And so there's a lot that happens in that, in that relationship and that space. And I feel it all comes back to relationships. I think as we co-create that experience that helps them realize, okay, this is, this is worthwhile. This is powerful. Mm-hmm. And I, I am going to share this because I know that it, it can have a, a positive impact. What I do that I, I think other, a coach can do for a person thinking through their stories is pulling on the threads and the themes that I'm hearing. And that helps people make the connection between their personal story to a broader concept that yeah. is helpful to someone else. Okay. And you can't always do that for yourself. So yeah. it helps to have someone who can who can do that and, and tell you, okay, yeah, you just shared the story about the time that you, you know, the first time you were learning how to ride a bike and you fell over and, you know, you scraped your yeah. knee and then you got back up and you're like, oh, that's a silly story. And I'm like, no, that's a story yeah. about resilience and perseverance. And then I, I'm doing this whole you thing around it. And like, yes. And then you're like, oh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can. Then you see how you can use it. And so that's where I think, the power of coaching and someone helping you think through how does this connect? Cause they often come in and that's their first like hang up. They're like, I don't have something that's useful or meaningful oh, or like I, I have the story, but I don't know how it connects. And I always tell them, don't worry about it. I can draw, draw blood out of a stone. Like <laughs> don't do not worry about that. Like, trust me, I can make a connection to anything so from you, any story. Let's focus on the story first. So you can, I kind of want to workshop this a little bit and see you in action, but but it sounds like what you're saying is you can take really any story that is a, a good story, right? So it could be the, you know, riding a bike or learning to ride a bike when I was a kid or something from your childhood or something from your personal life. If there's, and you've mentioned this before, if there's a lesson learned that it seems that it can be applicable, if, if you can find that universal theme yes. that, can, that can tie into people. And that's kind of what you help people with. It's like, hey, it's okay to tell that story when you were five years old, but what we need to do is make it apply to these business people in the room. How is it going to translate to something helpful for them? Is that, is that basically yes. it? Yes, that's exactly, that's exactly right. And, it, and I think that's what another person can help you do. What is the universal theme? And, and are there stories that are better than others that work better in the, in the environment? It, does a personal story work better as long as you have that tie-in to the, to the theme that ap- applies in the business setting? I think it depends on what you're using the story for. Mm. I think that I, I've sort of evolved my thinking on this. At, at one point, I thought it's, it's personal stories and that's it. Every, you know, you can, that's all you want to, to use. But I think Personal stories are great for, it's like storytelling for influence. Do you want to influence people? Are you trying to create a sense of belonging? Are you trying to inspire people? Personal stories are a great way to, you know, lead in and work through from that point. Well, if you're using, a, if you're doing a longer presentation, depending on your audience, mm-hmm. a, a deep personal story on the front end or somewhere in the middle may or may not be the best. It could be awkward. That doesn't mean you can't use storytelling elements. That doesn't mean you can't use, and this is sort of the other part of what I help people, you know, think through. You can't, doesn't mean you can't use analogy, metaphor, stories that exist in the public psyche. So like stories of celebrities or, or a movie or something else. It's not necessarily your personal story, but it is using a story or storytelling elements. And maybe that's what you want to use with a presentation, maybe or 
you know, when you're doing a present, you know, storytelling for data, you know, maybe, maybe not always a personal aspect is not sort of what's needed. So it need, it depends on what you're using the mm -hmm. storytelling or the storytelling elements for will determine, but like, but, but I, I always love, I always love personal stories, even in long, longer form or smaller vignettes. I think they're always great and powerful, but they're not always just like anything. It's like, it's not always the best for every scenario, yeah, but yeah. I think for most scenarios, yes. What are those story elements? What, whether business focused or personal story, what makes a powerful story? Great question. So I actually um, talked through this and actually in internally, I sort of have a short presentation that I do with books, which is sort of, I talk through eight key storytelling elements. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of like my mishmash posh of all the different storytelling things that I've learned in, in from different um, yeah, areas and aspects. So the first one I think is like, it's important to have a hook, a good hook and however you describe it. And I often say that's, that can be a question like leading up or having some sort of question that's either obviously stated or, you know, implanted subliminally so that people are thinking, okay, like, okay, this, this is sort of like my question and or this is a question that this person is asking, or I'm questioning, you know, like what's going to happen or what's the answer to this thing that they've raised. Right. And then from public narrative, there are three, which is challenge, choice, and outcome, which is like storytelling, like basics and fundamentals, right? Like making sure that there's a clear challenge, because if you're, if you don't have a challenge, like who cares? Like <laughs> we, we don't care about the story. What's the challenge. And then really what's the choice point that this particular character or whoever you're sharing in the story has like what what what's their they, they've come to a crossroad and then they have to make a choice what is that choice because what choices do is they reveal your values and without you having to say this is my value <laughs> it's very much a more subtle way of unearthing and revealing that well that's the old like show don't tell exactly yeah. exactly yeah. So when someone approaches a scenario and then they, they have this choice and that choice, and then they make one, you're like, oh, you know, a lot about them just from the fact that they chose this other way. And then, you know, a clear outcome, like how, what was the result of that choice that they made, uh -huh. you know? And so then you have, you want clear characters, you know, an identifiable character that, that was, you know, that's like from, um, what's her name? Kendra Hall's, um, uh, book on on storytelling she talks about having identifiable characters like and you can even use this in a presentation so I internally I do a lot of storytelling that's of course like pure storytelling but also working with teams on their presentations and those who have like a lot of data are like look I'm not out here gonna be telling a story with characters I'm like no no don't worry like you don't have to do that it could be a persona yep. or if you have customer data just by giving a name to your data instead of saying customer five, four, three, five, six, <laughs> you know, just call them Jane or call them Joe. Like, you know, like people like Joe who work with us and stuff, you know, have this sort of like experience or they want this thing. And mm -hmm. dialogue is the other piece, right? Like bringing in the voice of that, that character mm -hmm. is so critical and, and important. And, you know, with all this, you want to be in some, another element is being in a specific moment and time. Mm -hmm. So if you're, you're telling a story that's, that's what makes a story different from like sort of like a rambling historical replay. It's like, it's like this moment, this day, this time, this month, this particular thing happened. That's why once upon a time is so mm -hmm. like, as soon as someone says once upon a time, you're like, where, what happened? Like you're yes. like all ears, you're like five years old all over again because they're bringing you to that specific moment in time. And then, you know, you can have a lesson, you know, if, especially if you're doing more like Ted, TED talk style things, or mm -hmm. even like the video series that I was talking about, but, but not always, like, you don't always want to say, and the lesson of this is, or the moral of the story is, which was like every 1980s right. cartoon, right? Like, <laughs> hi kids, this is the lesson for today. Like, you know, you can do that if you want or, or not, or just sort of like embed it and then call to action. Like, what is it that you want people to do with this now that you've talked about it? But that mm -hmm. lesson and call to action is sort of, I would say like a tag on it's optional, depending on what you're using the story for. Like you might not want to infuse that in your presentation. You might want to stop at just the story and then talk with your audience about lesson and call to action afterwards. So it's, it's mm -hmm. you know, but those are just like the different elements that people can think through. They can like take it apart 
you know, for parts and pick and choose depending on their scenario. So with, with the Ted, Ted talk style series that you have, and I don't know if the video series is still called storytellers now that you've shifted. Um, yes, it's still storytellers. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I also see that your team and Navy federal credit union values the power of video. And that's something that's near and dear to my heart. I come from the filmmaking background, video storytelling is something that I specialize in. How important is that component to helping do the things that you're trying to do, which is like, you know, build community, strengthen and grow your, your, your leaders and your staff and your team as a community. Um, is that something on the forefront of the mind? It seems to be. And if it is, why? Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's, um, I think it's because video is a powerful medium for, you know, it's because it's evergreen, right? So, you yeah. know, when you're trying to communicate a story or a message and our, and our leadership internally, a lot of our leaders in the different business units use videos as well. So, they, they use video to share messages with their teams. They use videos to communicate changes that are coming up. They use videos to talk about our strategy, to inspire and motivate. So there are many different ways of using it. So it's like, it's, it's, it's evergreen. It's a way of it living beyond the moment, obviously, you know, cause you can't always gather everyone live. Mm -hmm. And then it's, you know, it's an, it's a powerful medium for reach, you know, we're like a humongous organization. And so you know, you, you, that, that's, that's something that travels across time zones. It travels across, you know, all the different areas and spaces that we are. So everyone can sort of like, it's, it's a, it's a way of gathering around the campfire, so to speak. <laughs> and so, and so I, I see video as, you know, as close to being in person and, you know, having that personal connection as you can, it's got the voice, you know, it's got the visual you know, and it's, it's got all of the, the, all those things in there and, and playing, playing together. So I think, you know, it's not lost on organizations that that's an important and powerful way to communicate and, and build community and communicate messages and, um, and, and really have an up engagement. I think when people see videos, even if it's like a video messaging, you know, they're more likely to respond, you know, and have comments and sort of like, feel like you're part of something and communicating you know, that it's more like a, even though it's one way communication, it feels, it can feel like you're being invited into something more. Yeah, absolutely. And that's twice now that that word engagement has, has come up. And I think that's not by accident. You know, we talked about shifting the personal stories. Um, and now we've talked about video, both of those you've said have, have grown or, or, um, encourage more engagement, which is really what, what we're all trying to do. You're trying to build that connection, but also like make it interactive and not just, you know, one way presenting information and okay, I'm trying to like just receive it and most likely fumbling a lot of it. Like I'm engaged and we're having a connection. We're having a conversation, a communication. This is how we work. And this is, this is why stories are so powerful. Yeah, definitely. And I know a lot of organizations are, you know, concerned about their great resignation right now and, mm -hmm. and banging their, their heads against the table. How can we engage folks more? And I think that sometimes that's, um, it's more about what you don't do than about what you do. Like, yeah. I think engagement is about creating spaces where you're not stifling what is natural to people. What do natural, what do people naturally want to do? They naturally want to connect and and um, have, you know, personal relationships and, and all these different things. And you want to create safe spaces for them to show up fully as themselves. And not just that, but be spaces where people can bring their creativity and their innovation. That's something else that's important to me, like helping people Definitely. to, you know, inviting them to create in the organizations and spaces that they are, because that is what engages people. Like, yep. you know, if, if I- yeah, if I if I create something that's really important to me that's got my blood, sweat, and tears in it, you better believe I'm gonna be engaged. Yeah. You better believe I'm Definitely. gonna like participate in that like yeah. I care because that thing that I'm creating is to in a sense creating a story about who I am and my yes. brand and what I have to contribute and offer to and the your world. Career. Exactly. And a place that values that is a place that I wanna be in and the place mm. that I wanna stay. So yeah, like this I think more facilitating environments that are inviting 
by not doing things that are toxic and, and, and detrimental to people is more what organizations should focus on than, you know, trying to like, you know, how do we get them engaged? It's like more, more like, what should you stop doing that's making people disengaged? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of times elimination is the, is the way to, to make yeah. progress. <laughs> but I, I wasn't expecting our conversation to go there or here rather, but I really, I'm glad that it did because now I'm starting to see things you know, this idea, I've been writing about it a little bit, been thinking about the great resignation. I've got a TED, TEDx talk coming up pretty soon, and it's in that space or in that vein. And I, I hadn't really thought about it until this point. I've had a conversation recently with a friend of mine who owns a restaurant here in Tent. Well, they're a franchise now, so they're all over the country. And culture is very important to him. And, and so he, 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 he does a lot uh, to make his employees happy, including in the pandemic. And he wants to do some video series basically to like show, it's like a cultural manifesto to show like, here's what we're bringing to the table and here's what we're going to ask of you. But here's also what, what we are bringing to the table, like where we're going to meet you. So many companies don't do that. It's back to what we just said, like a presentation or a topic-based presentation where it's one direction of information and you're just there to receive it. And that's not how we interact as humans. It's not how we engage. So what you're saying is it, it, it's these things that storytelling creates and cultivates, right? It's story is the, is the conduit to that connection and that engagement and that community building, right? Those yeah. are the results of stories. One way to get there. It's not the only way to get there, but, but there's lots of ways, but they all are similar paths by showing empathy, by, by meeting someone in the middle. I always talk about storytelling being this, like in the French call it a pas de deux, like a dance for two, you know? <laughs> uh, and it's this collaborative thing. The story doesn't exist without the story listener. You can't just have a yeah. storyteller speaking to the wall. That doesn't happen. I have to have someone on the other end of that. And, and sometimes many people, sometimes just one. And it's the same thing with a company and, and its and its staff, you know, but traditionally, historically, it's all been not a story with story elements, as you say, not with empathy, not with showing up and, and, and caring and creating this space where they can feel comfortable. That's why people are resigning. It's because they don't feel like they're they're being valued. They don't feel like they're being able to be themselves and create in the way they want to create what you just said, the scenario, you know, picture you just painted about people being able to use their creativity and bring ideas to the table, well, they're going to be invested in that. And that is storytelling. That is us working together, you know, and, and not just one way information. That's not what, that's not what people want at all. And I just, I just think that's such a cool parallel, which I'm really starting, starting to emerge right now mm -hmm. is that just like storytelling, if you want people to be happy there, it's not by, you know, putting a ping pong table in the lobby like no, no. But that's come on that's not going to keep anybody happy for the, the long term but giving and it's them a much easier lift than people think right yes. so when you people think about storytelling they're like okay well okay well what kind of stories and what do we do it's like this is not something to over orchestrate people have these stories if you if if let, let let's let, you know let me make this up let's say you you're an organization and you're trying to venture into this realm of storytelling with your for your employees yeah it can be as simple as Let's do like a, we'll do a, you know, you create a safe space. Let's do it. We're going to do a storytelling lunch and learn. And that maybe they're like five or maybe they're like 10 people there. And they're all going to share one story about a, a challenge that they faced in their, in their, in their life. And people will just share their, their stories and it'll unfold from there. And then from there you can pull, oh, here are some universal themes that we're seeing, or here are some things, so cool. you know, you make the connections on the, on the back end. And yeah. pe people have their stories and they'll bring it. It's the engagement is in them being able to show up and bring their thing to the party, to the potluck. It's not about you figuring out, well, how can we, how do we structure this and what type of stories do we need and how do, you know, it's, it's like, I think that's a problem sometimes with organizations. They, they get too over-processed and they want to over-engineer <laughs> yeah. yeah. and over-structure <laughs> things. And there can be very uncomfortable with yeah. that space of, you know, we don't know and, and fluidity and allow for the surprise. But I think if places are more willing to do that and to trust people who have that instinct to do that and bring that into a space, there is so much that is unexpected that can come out of that. Just allow people to be human and to bring it to the space in the way that they can and want to. You just focus on fostering the environment and creating the space. I love the quote about, I think it's Malala's father, who everyone always asks, um, 
Malala, the the um educate the young the young girl, the mm-hmm. education uh, I think she's an education activist from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And people always ask, like, you know, how what did you do to make Malala so amazing and so inspiring? And he always says, that, you know, it wasn't what I did; it was what I didn't do. I didn't clip her wings. Mm. And I think that that's that's the same way that people need to think about storytelling, thinking about bringing people in storytelling, engagement, how can people create more in a particular space? If you're a leader, if you're an organization, you don't have to over-orchestrate and over-engineer these type of things. If you believe that people are inherently creative and people are inherently storytellers and people who are grown adults know how to motivate themselves and keep themselves engaged, you focus on you know, not being the crazy one in the scenario <laughs> and fostering an environment where people feel welcome to do that and bring what they will bring. And when they do, don't be there over engineering and orchestrating and, you know, spreadsheeting it to death. <laughs> Let people have their room and their space to do that because yeah. these are the intangible things that make and influence and change places that you can't put on a PowerPoint slide or you can't put on a spreadsheet, but that when it's not there, everything starts to die. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be comfortable with that. There are some things that are very important to who we are that we are just not going to be able to, and we shouldn't over process. And we have to have a space for that and let it do its thing. And then we'll, we'll do the spreadsheet thing over here where it makes sense to do that. Yeah. 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 So at what point did, did you, uh, start coaching. Was that something that you did while working at Navy Federal? Were you already coaching before then? I was doing it before. So that was coaching was is sort of like my bridge second career. So I was, uh, and still feel that I am a social justice policy advocate. And so I came out of that world and really my story was that I, I, I was so annoyed with my boss at the time because he was always so happy every day coming into work, just like, you know, like, yes, this is amazing. Did you love the work that we're doing? And I was just like, like, I guess it's okay. (laughs) But I was so jealous of him. I was like, I want what he has. And so I was like, I'm going to go out and find my dream job. You know, the things that everybody does. Right. And it was through like this two year journey. I, you know, went on, I, 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 I was consulting, I created a workshop, I became a coach, I was doing all these things and then got into OD and coaching, you know, as I got into Navy Federal and then, you know, this whole other thing. But what I learned on that journey was how important creating was and that creating things, creating experiences was what sort of like was the, were the breadcrumbs that led me from um, experience to experience and into this particular role. And so that's why I said that it was sort of accidental, but not, it, this wasn't something that I planned. It was a, some, it was, I created my way here. And so getting into storytelling, coaching, getting into this whole world wasn't something that, you know, someone, you know, that I picked up a skill somewhere or went to school or studied, but I followed my gifts and my talents and I created with them and it sort of made room and made space for me. And so that's what I do less so internally, but definitely externally with my, my clients and other people who I work with, I like challenge and professionals to focus on thinking about their work is bigger than their job or career. Think about what is it that you're here to create, because that's, what's going to set you apart. That's what you're going to be able to create a legacy around. That's what you're going to be able to build a brand around. And that is, and, and as I've sort of come to realize is the connection between creating and story that what you create is the story. It's like, it's, you're telling a story with the things that you create and put out into the world about who you are and what your gifts are and all the, and even the things that you don't like, and even the things that you want to see in the world, there's so much that, that is, that we can learn about you. It's kind of like the same with when you make a choice, we learn about your values. When you create something, we learn about the story of your gifts and who you are and what you were born to sort of bring into the world. So it's been a interesting journey, continues to be an interesting journey, but, and so, so yeah, so I am a coach and, and mend, um, meld the coaching and storytelling work and bring all those sort of like skills and tools to support my, my clients, whoever, whoever they are and wherever they are, whether they're internal or external. Is that something I'm really interested in this? Is that something that's hard to navigate when you have your day job and then you also have this personal brand? I've had this conversation with a couple of people recently, even on the show 
and and myself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about that. And I'm also interested in like the company's perspective. I see what you can bring to them. Do they see yeah. what you can bring to them? Yeah. So I think the the journey for me has been being more sort of not making the split, you know, because I think there's in, in my own mind and how I show up. Yes. And so I think that when I'm internal at first, there were, you know, I didn't talk a lot about creating, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I would talk more about storytelling because there, that was something that was attached with my role, but, you know, right. focus on, you know, the OD work, change management, other things. But over time, I've begun to infuse that more into my work because that is who I am and how right. I show up and, and how I work. But as a, as a bridge to that, what I have always done and made sure that I do while I'm figuring that out is I am doggedly committed to creating outside. Like I don't let the fact that it's taking me a while to figure out, well, do these two connect? How do they connect? Because for some people, it might not, you know, we, some people are multi-passionate. Some people just have, you know, they're, they're right. You know, like I, I, I love astrophysics and, you know, butterfly watching. I mean, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, like, no, totally. But, and more, <laughs> right? I think more and, so now than ever before. Exactly. And it doesn't have to, you don't have to really answer to anybody about how that makes sense because you're the connecting part piece. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense because it's you. These are yeah. all the different things about you and, and with you. So I think that over time, I've sort of dropped the the anxiety and angst that I felt about like, well, how do all and of there these is things some fit initially, and what's going on? Yeah. yeah. I focus on making sure that I am able to express all the different parts of myself in the, in the spaces that are best suited for that. So it doesn't bother me that some aspects of what I want to do doesn't make sense internally. That's fine. I can yeah. do it for days outside. Yeah. I have yeah. 100% control and ability to do that. And so I think that the more that I bring myself fully to different spaces, I'll, I'll be able to, to figure that out. But I feel 100% affirmed and valued for the storytelling, strategic narrative, strategic vision type of work that I do internally. And I'm, you know, and I think that the end part of that, the next step of that is helping people to think, you know, how does telling stories help us to create more and be more innovative? And that would be for me like, (laughs) the brands have come together, you know, but, but still, but still working on that. (laughs) Well, you had mentioned that anxiety. I think that probably comes from the businesses historically like people and and still we're talking about this great resignation that's another thing too uh i heard that i don't experience this because i don't i don't have a job like that i work for myself but a lot of people where uh, i've heard a lot of people that have been questioned about their their hours basically or like how they're spending their time like how do i know if you know they don't want to come back to the office people are still reluctant to do that they like working from home and and many employers are like, well, I don't, how do I know you're, you know, you're working there? And it's like that distrust is, is not a good look. And also you people waste a lot of time in the offices. Side note. Results um, is how they can know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like if we're doing the job, but that type of micromanaging their lives, we're seeing this interesting shift now because used to the employer had what we needed. They had a, a job. We're at this time now where an individual can easily surpass the, um the status if you will the 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 following i don't know what the word i'm Mm -hmm. I'm looking at here but like the the following of their employer like i can be on tiktok and have a million followers and Mm -hmm. actually not necessarily need this job i like my security but like i'm bigger than the than the company in in some spaces right in terms of what i can do and what i can generate that's a good thing that's a good thing for the company too to leverage but historically the company is in this certain position and i feel like some of them are resistant to like leaning into that. The workers are having a lot more power these days. And that's another thing that people I think are, are, are getting wrong because some businesses are threatened by a bigger personal brand. I think, I mean, that's, that's a little uh, uh, um, presumptuous maybe, but. Yeah, uh, I, I think it, I think it depends. I think that, I think what from the, um, I can't believe I'm about to say this from the perspective of, of the company, <laughs> what they have to think about first, I don't think it's so much, are they bigger? Are they not bigger? But is this 
aligned or not aligned with our brand. Fair. Yeah. And totally. so, you know, they, they have a, they, you know, their, their brand probably more so than yours is, you know, probably attached to billions and billions of dollars. So, yeah, and who they are and what Maybe. they have shaped out to be. So they want to, everyone wants to maintain their thing and their, and their area and their turf. Mm. So if, so just as with anything, you want to make sure that the brands that you're associated with share the, have the values and have the different sort of things that you have that are similarly going on with you. So I would, I think I, I would be, if, if I were a huge company, I would be not very enthused to, to be tacked on or connected necessarily with all the many different brands. Cause that's like just so many different people and so many things to sort of like filter through like, okay. Does this sort of like match up and what direction is this thing going in and that yeah. type of thing. Mm -hmm. But I think that it is great for there to be room and space for people to do their, do their thing, right. you know, provided that there's that respecting boundary line and, you know, of, you know, you're doing your thing, we're doing our thing and that's, and that's great. And that it's because one thing that I don't like to see and don't want to see is people completely subsume and suppress all of their creativity into an organization for like the next 20 or 30 years and then come out from retirement and there wasn't anything that you were building that was your own it Love all that. belongs to the big organization and yeah. i and i and i don't think that that's Gotta you know space fair or anything that you want to do so i'm very much committed to i i believe that you can do both and yeah. so i have you know this area and i have my space and i have you know what i'm doing here and the contributions that i make outside feed into because what I'm learning and how I'm growing is also something that I can bring into the organization and help it, you know, achieve its goals. Yeah. But I have to have that space for my own creativity and my own autonomy, because that's for me, that's how I stay engaged. Yeah. If I didn't have something external that I was creating that was my own, or even spaces within that I was creating that I felt were my own, I would be completely disinterested because it would just be like, you know, shuffling papers you know, crossing G's, dotting yeah, I's. And, yeah. you know, like for me, for me, it's a mind numbing experience. And I think it is for a lot of people, but I don't think they realize that that's what's getting them disengaged. They can't figure out, well, why am I, you know, why is it so hard? Why do I keep going through this cycle? And this is like, there's nothing that you're creating there that you feel like you own. So you're not mm -hmm. vested and you, so you're not going to be engaged and you're going to hop from job to job to job and think that, the issue is the job that you're in, but the issue is that you didn't create anything that you felt that you owned and that was going to, you know, make yeah. you stay. It's kind of like laying eggs. <laughs> Wherever you lay your eggs, you're going to protect them and care about them. I, I like the, chicken. <laughs> the point that you made about the alignment with the brands and this thing we're talking about, this kind of hybrid approach where you've got your own thing going and it can be growing big and, and fast as well and your job and you're trying to uplift your your company makes the most sense when there is an overlap and an alignment with the brands and it's not mm -hmm. like so dual dual natured and i think the people that do it well have that going on and we we are coming back again to this meeting in the middle or collaborative mm -hmm. effort right where it's not just this way and it's not just this way but it's us working in tandem together we're telling stories together we're sharing stories together um, like we said about video, it's, it's all engaging and, and, and connecting with, with each other. And so I think that that is a theme that has come out of this conversation. And I think it definitely applies to when you're trying to navigate that thing that may be challenging for some people to have a significant personal brand that you're, you're growing and cultivating while trying to have a job that you do well and show up for. Uh, but I totally agree with your point about having something for yourself outside of it. Mm -hmm. I think it's crucial. And I think so many of us neglect that. I think it's starting to change now that there are so many different creative outlets. And I hope that is the case. But uh, either way, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show to, to share your unique experience, because I think it's really cool. I talked to a lot of people that are either their shoes in one foot mm -hmm. or one world or the other. And I think it's just so interesting how you navigate both of them. And so I appreciate you coming on the show and talking to us about it of course it was great to be here and chat with you all right well hopefully i can have you back sometime Yay. <laughs> all right i'll talk to you soon all right then. my name is rain bennett thanks for listening if you enjoyed that episode do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast 
If you're already a subscriber and you're enjoying the show, give us a review and let us know the value that you've gotten from it. We love to hear from our listeners and learn about the benefits that they're getting from the show. That's what fuels us and that's what fuels the show. And if you've already subscribed and you've already reviewed it and you think there's someone else that would benefit from listening to this show, please, please share it with them. The more we grow, the more we can help you grow, and that's what we're here to do. Join us next time on the Storytelling Lab. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com covered.